Hi everyone, and welcome to Filmmaking Life podcast. Guys, welcome to another Filmmaking Live podcast.、Uh, I'm your host Nick, and in today's episode, we have a, such an inspiring female filmmaker, and she will be sharing with us how she made it from scratch to winning over 15 awards in her last short film. She is also an inspiring filmmaker. People, may I present you Emily Sky, also known on Instagram as She Will Films. Hey, Emily. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, it's awesome to have you here, Emily. For those who doesn't know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, what is your story? So,、um, thanks again for having me. I am super, super excited to be here. I've been a filmmaker for over 15 years. I started out modeling with Wilhelmina when I was younger, and.、Uh, It was just kind of like a way to get into the industry because no one in my family is in the industry, so it was kind of like, all right, well, hey, I'm getting scouted. I'll I'll try this, you know, I'll try being a model, and、uh, I started working.、Um, On multiple different productions. In the meantime, I got to work with Michael Mann, the director, on Miami Vice, and I was around 18 at that point. And I, I was just like, "This is it." I'm like, "I'm going to be a director. I don't want this to be a hobby anymore. I don't want to just sit here and wish to be something. I'm going to go for it." So I ended up. Raising money, I created my first short film, which ended up to be around like forty-five minutes, so it wasn't really that short. And、uh, <laughs> and then I started working on music videos、uh, for the local radio stations down here, X one zero two three, like all the new hip hop artists that were coming through our town.、Uh, I was doing really well with that, but my heart and soul is in narrative, and so I jumped into narrative filmmaking, and I've been doing that now for about. I want to say almost ten years, and super pumped.、Uh, this year, I well, last year I should say, twenty twenty was such a crazy year. Obviously, we were in a pandemic.、Um, I never expected the opportunity to shoot my very first feature film during a pandemic.、Uh, I shot the short film. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, it was a huge challenge. A really it was challenge, crazy. I, I honestly never expected <laughs> that. I um, I shot two short films over FaceTime at the beginning of the pandemic with my good friend Mary, who was in LA, and、uh, one of them happened to be a concept of River, and I released it on the internet, and everyone was loving it so much that we're like, all right, well, when the lockdowns lift. We will film the short film. So then we shot the short film in May of 2020 when the the bans lifted in North Carolina. She flew to North Carolina. We all did the COVID testing. There was only six of us, and we shot the short film. And then it did so well with festivals for like the, the for two months. And then I got approached by investors. And then I was like. They're like, do you want to make a feature film? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll make a feature film. And and then we shot the feature film in September 2020,、oh、and now it's <laughs> completely done. And we're getting ready for distribution. And、uh, we have some really amazing offers from really amazing distribution companies, and they want it worldwide. And that's where it is. You know, like I'm a 
a writer, director, cinematographer, also a producer, but I, I'm a creative producer. And then as soon as it gets to the time to start like being in full on pre-production mode, I step back from being producer and I'm a straight up just director. But on this one on River, I was the DP and the director, which was super cool um, to do that. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you did a lot it, of things in, it was a lot, <laughs> in one production. Um, but, you know, I don't rely. A lot of people think a producer has to go out and get you the money for your films. But if you're creating your project, it's up to you to kind of like make it happen. You know, it's up to you to go out and and put on that producer hat, you know, figure out how to raise money for your project, bring on the crew that you really want to work with, you know, and don't just rely it on just hiring a producer to come in because, you know, unless you've worked with them a really long time, it's hard to find someone that's going to be as involved in your project as you are. So you got to really kind of step out and make it happen and build your team. And then, you know, I'm all about collaboration, but I never leave everything on somebody else. I make sure to to take care of what has to get taken care of and then putting the right people in place so that I'm able to focus on just DPing and directing when I'm on set, you know? So, um, yeah, cause I get, all, yeah. That's really an amazing advice. <laughs> because who else is going to do it? We got to. So you raised me actually a curiosity behind this production. Like what was the biggest, uh, uh, challenge for you guys in producing a film uh, behind like the COVID situation? Like what was the the biggest challenge there? Um, obviously it is challenging trying to do anything during COVID period. <laughs> uh, so like logically, <laughs> you know, it's like logically, like it's just crazy. Um, for me, uh, safety is everything. You know, a lot of people, are, you know, scared still to do something during a pandemic and reasonably so. So we had COVID officers on set. We had to get tested, you know, um, to make sure everyone was really safe. We all, uh, we got like this Airbnb compound where we all stayed on this giant lot together and it felt wow. like camp. Cause we all had our, our, like our, uh, houses, like our little like places that we were staying on this giant compound. And it was so much fun, but we all knew we were being safe because we were all staying together. We all tested together. It was like, you know, we knew where everybody was at all the time, you know, so we try to really keep safety a priority. Obviously we had to limit people on set. It was a very, um, you know, we only had about 24 people total on our set and, um, you know, we could have, obviously we would have loved to have more people, but more people just was more COVID problems, you know, and, yeah, it and keeping it them. small, exactly. Keeping it small, intimate, efficient, um, was a key. Uh, we had a really amazing COVID compliance officer. She was just really awesome. She was really sweet. You know, we were very fortunate to have someone that wasn't going around trying to make everyone's life more difficult. She just made sure that everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. And she was very kind about everything. And um, she was very efficient as well. So my advice for anybody that wants to do something during the pandemic is um, you need to, to plan more 
Um, you're going to need a little bit more money for just the COVID stuff alone. So if you're raising money, keep COVID in mind because it is going to be about 15 to 25% of your budget of money going to COVID alone. Um, because you're dealing with COVID tests, like the rapid COVID tests cost about $500 a person. And it's, it's pretty expensive. And then not only that, when you're having a compliance officer or a doctor on set, depending on how big your set is, you might need multiple COVID officers, you know, on your production. So my advice is like, definitely, um, plan to have a little bit more money just for COVID alone so that you could cover that expenses. And it's not taking away from the creative stuff that you need to cover. Um, that was definitely something that, you know, we learned when we were figuring it out as well. Uh, and just, you know, safety is everything. And as long as you, you know, communicate with your entire crew and your cast constantly and have everything, even on your, um, call sheets and everything, the safety measures at the bottom of your call sheet, just safety is everything right now. And having a safe set is where it's at. So that's my kind of thing, (laughs) you know, safety first. So I wanted to take a step back and at some point you ended up producing a film called The River that actually won a multiple time awards and has been also featured so many times. How everything started? Like, uh, can you tell me a full story of this project? Oh man. So (laughs) I, (laughs) it's like, where do I begin with this story? (laughs) I, um, I originally wrote River as a book 10 years ago. And it was, I was in a really, really weird place in my life where I was going through so much and I didn't know how to express myself. So I wrote it into a book and obviously, um, I don't even know what happened, but literally the pandemic hit and I was like, you know what, why don't we try to try to, uh, shoot this little concept over FaceTime just to see how, how it does. And it did well. And I had to pivot a lot from what I wrote in the book. The book is not published. It was just something I kind of put together, you know, um, on the side, but I do have two other books that are published by the way. That's why it was like something that I was doing. Um, so, I had to pivot a lot because in the story, she was in like a boarding school and obviously during COVID, the chances of being in a college or, you know, around a lot of people were very slim. So (laughs) I had to like (laughs) completely, you know, like mutate the the story just a little bit, but the, the core concept of the story is there. Um, I didn't expect people to love it. You know, when we shot the little two minute thing over FaceTime and then, um, it's basically about uh, a girl that goes hiking and wakes up back in her room and doesn't know how she got there. And it's, but the bigger picture of it is when you, when you cut down the story to its core, it's just about um, a woman facing her fears, facing herself and choosing herself, even if it's not the right choice to make to other people. So I feel as humans, we're expected to do something that's like expected of us. Like if it's easy, if it's right there, it's comfort, you know, like you're, you're automatically, you know, people assume, oh, you're going to go in that direction, you know, like that nine to five job, you know, like that comfort, whatever's going on, people expect it to you. But in the bigger scheme of things, we all want to take those risks. We all want to go into the unknown, even if it's really scary. So the core value of River is just about a woman who 
chooses something that's extremely scary, that is so unsure that it's, she's stepping into the unknown. And that is more important to her than staying where she's at because she wants to take that risk. Wow, that, so, that, that, that was beautiful and deep, actually. <laughs> yeah. But for our audience that is listening to us, maybe from more nerd perspective, like how did you started everything and like how did you finished? Like how did you find uh, the, the right sponsor, the right team and everything? It's a, uh, oh man, it's like so, it's, it's one of those things where it's a little challenge. Like how do you start a project? You know, that's yeah, like the exactly. biggest question people ask. Like how do you start a project? And I just want to say like, I'm very fortunate where I have people that I absolutely love to work with. And I figured, you know, like you figure it out over the years, you know, who you want to work with, who you want to bring in to your like community. And Mary, my lead actress of River, her and I have been friends for over seven years. And I, I wow. met her at Saddle Ranch, which is in West Hollywood. She was karaokeing and I looked at her and I did the most cliche thing a director could ever do in LA is go up to an actress and be like you are this character in the script that I wrote like la 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 you know like <laughs> but we literally I did that and it was just like her and I have been like best friends ever since and so when I was creating this story I knew who I wanted to be the lead of this project and as far as crew goes um I've been working with my AC, who's also an amazing DP. His name is Bobby Keegan at Aflux Studios. Like him and I have been working together for over like 12 years. And um, I brought him in, of course, and his his partner, Joey, who I've also been working with a little bit um, after later that I met Bobby because, you know, I met Joey later on. Um, but I brought them in. They're amazing guys. They're doing amazing things. Um and I've just been fortunate enough that uh, people even that I didn't work with before, I got really great recommendations from the community, you know, like, hey, I'm looking for this or that, you know, in the area. And people are like, oh, my God, Scott Graham is an amazing sound operator. You're going to love him. And so I reached out to Scott and you know, he was in North Carolina where we were shooting and I got to work with him on the short film and he is just spectacular. And so that's pretty much it. Like, so if you're building a project and you're trying to figure it out, um, look to your community first, look for recommendations. Like I would never go into something blind, you know, like if you've never worked with someone before, um, and you are not sure, like ask about it. Because that's the best way to make sure that you're protecting yourself and that you're working with good people is by asking. So I always like to ask and get recommendations. Um, as far as like raising money um, for a project, uh, I usually go, there's so many different routes to go, you know, for raising money for a project. But uh, you were bringing up like sponsoring, like sponsorship. I was very fortunate that like I've been working with Small HD and One in Camera and Teradek for a while. And they're like, whatever projects you're doing, Emily, we want to be a part of it. So they provided us all the gear for um, River, um, all our monitors, the the rigs for you know, from One in Camera, the Teradek system that was on the small HD monitor. Um, they're super awesome. And I guess my best advice for anybody that is looking for sponsorships is if you're already using the products, 
and you're already like invested because you love the gear and the products that you're using, um, make content with it, show yourself using the products, putting it out there on social media. They're going to see that, Hey, um, you make good content. We want to work with you because it's going to be a cross promotion thing. You know, we'll help you. You're going to be helping us because it's all about working together as a team. No one's going to just do something for you without something obviously in return a little bit, you know? So use the products that you like, make amazing BTS videos for people to see you using the content pictures, all that kind of thing that, that will help you get noticed. They're going to see that, Oh, you know, you're a really good fit for our brand. And, um, that's, that's how I usually like go about it. Um, I think Instagram is such a great place to showcase what you could do. It's a resume, you know, it's a resume of you. (laughs) I'm really actually glad that you brought this up because I think the same, like if you're happy with some kind of product in a filmmaking niche, especially and you do really use it and you like feel it's the right equipment for you. It's like, it's beautiful to actually show up and actually reach reach the the, uh, the brand you're working and just say, hey, I love using your product. I think they will be more than happy to like support you no matter yeah. what's your like project. And so my next question actually is what kind of gear you guys have used? Like, we really want to know okay. like, Deep yeah. down, <laughs> nerdy things. Of course, things. of course. I love it. I'm a huge film geeky nerd. Like, I love cameras. I love lenses. Like, I geek out about that. Like, you know, some girls love flowers and chocolates. I love, <laughs> I I love, love, love lenses <laughs> and cameras, you know, and lights. So um, we used uh, the Red Epic and we used um, the Helium, the Red Helium. So I was predominantly wow. on the red helium the, the entire time. And then Bobby for certain things that we had to move a little quicker, um, through some scenes, like we, you know, we had time slots, yeah. um, we, we would have camera B running and he operated camera B, which was the red Epic dragon. And I was on the red helium the entire time. Our lenses, we were using the K35 lenses, which are vintage rare lenses that James Cameron used on his film Alien back in the day. So these are like vintage (laughs) Canon 70s glass that I'm freaking obsessed with. I I use the same glass on um, River the Short film in May as well. And I was fortunate enough to be able to use the same lenses for the feature film. And I rented those from um, YouTube Productions. Um, They're in Miami and also in... um, Delray, but predominantly like their studios, like in Miami, they're super amazing guys. Um, they, they, they carry a lot of vintage lenses, which are super fun. And I'm sharing that information with you guys. And they're like my top secret spot. So you should be happy that I'm sharing it with you. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I love those lenses so much. They're very, they have this very, like this sharpness to it, but yet this very soft, uh, bouquet that it does behind it. it's a very unique pattern that it kind of like does and it, it, it has a beautiful fall off um I just fell in love with them I got to test the lenses the year prior and I fell in love with them so that so when I was uh developing river and wanting to do river I knew I wanted to use these lenses because they had such a this like 
unique style to them. And and I wanted River to have a very unique style. Like I didn't want it to feel generic. I didn't want it to feel, oh, another sci-fi film. Yeah, you kind of wanted to give that one unique touch. Yeah. Something. And obviously, you know, James used it on you know, his sci-fi alien film, which is great. And obviously my film is like an alien sort of film too, but it's still unique. It's like the vintage kind of style. It's not like today of like this ultra, like crisp, you know, like what you usually see now in sci-fi films. And I wanted it to have this vintage style to it as well, you know, with a little grain. Um, Uh, I don't know if you have, if you had the chance to try out the Helios, uh, the lens, the vintage, very popular and cheap lens. I don't know if you had chance to. I have to try. not. I have not. You have tried. to. Try. It's like you like it. It's like thirty bucks, something like that. But they're oh, like wow. amazing. The bouquet is something in the middle of uh, an amorphic lens, but it's not an amorphic. It's like wow. You should try that. So That's guys, amazing. shout I'm out to that to lens. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. And it's very I'm cheap. I have to try it. I love it. It's great. You know, it's. Uh, you can make magic with with anything if you know how to use it properly. You know, right. if you know how to to light the set properly, even if you're using natural lighting, you know how to bend the light. Um, you can make magic with anything. And I know I'm sitting here geeking out over the K35s that I was using. And yes, they're super, super beautiful to use and they're fun. But if I didn't know, if I didn't have the right team and I didn't know how to um, set the atmosphere of what I was shooting, it would not come across the way it needs to come across. So, um, for those of you that are like listening and like, Oh, well, I only have my iPhone or I only have this or that you guys can make magic with anything you're using. And I'm a firm believer of that. Um, it's just, you have to know the tools that you're using. I love that. I love that. Cause it's not only about, Hey, I have a red helium with an amazing lenses and that's it. When it comes to like yes. making a film, there's a lot of things to consider from an actor, from the composition, from sound, Absolutely. from everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It is so true. You, um, there's so many moving components that are going on in a project. And I never like to say that I'm the captain of the ship or that even that I'm leading the ship. It's just more of like, I'm guiding, I'm guiding the the key elements of the project. We're all together collaborating, making a project happen. Um, I need to communicate efficiently to everybody on the team uh, so that we're all going in the same direction. You know, we don't need someone you know, if someone doesn't know what they're, what's going and they're trying to like, you know, like, uh, with an, oar like paddle and we're going in a circle because, you know, they didn't know one key element that they need to know. Like, so we all have to be, we all have to be on the same page. And that's why I like always tell people you have to prep, like you have to prep everything you're doing. Um, I'm a huge, firm believer of prep and I diagram everything. And when I mean, I diagram everything, like I diagram exactly where the camera is going to move. Um, I diagram where the lighting is going to go. I diagram like everything that's on my shot list because, um, I'm able to show my really ugly drawings to the rest of the team (laughs) (laughs) and we could all be on the same page, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that, that's that's nice. Yeah. That's a, actually um, my next question goes on the same direction. Is like when it comes to making a film, 
like the, uh, you obviously had memory queries, right? But like, what was your favorite things to do in, in making a movie? Like, is there, uh, did you like obviously filmed, but did you also taking care about coloring, editing? Like, oh, what was your like favorite? All of, favorite? Oh all my of gosh. that. No. So for <laughs> editing, no, no. Okay, so I will. All right, all right. I obviously. There's so many, there's a state, there's the film goes through like three processes. It's, you have your script and then you go to filming and then it becomes another project, you know, and then you get to editing and then it becomes a whole other project. You know, it, it all kind of just morphs. It keeps morphing into something even better. And obviously I loved being on set. I loved filming. I loved my crew. Like it was a blast. I had a great time watching it come to life. Um, I edited the entire feature film. So color grading, I had such an amazing experience being able to work with Tyler Roth from company three. They did wonder woman. They did star Wars. They've done anything you could imagine. That's that you've watched. They've done it. Like they've done big things. So to be able to work with him on river was such an amazing. And I I honestly can say what got me so excited was the color and also um, Rona, uh, who did all the, the original uh, scoring for River. She did the music. She was fantastic. She's from London. Um, between the two of them, I was just like freaking out like all the time. Like Tyler would send me, you know, they sent me like the screenshots of, you know, the direction he was taking river. And I was like dead. Like he, he really highlighted like these teal tones and all of these really unique kind of colors that I didn't even like think of, you know, I gave him inspiration, you know, I gave him my inspiration shots and things that like, you know, from films that I was really inspired by, like for color palette, but he literally like took he took the inspiration, but he just like ran, like he blew my mind, um, way out of the water. Oh, he, he just, he's a wizard. He's like, he's a freaking color wizard. And you know, a lot of people are like, why don't you color your own projects? I'm like, cause I'm not a colorist, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and ever pretend that I'm a colorist because I am not a colorist. I feel that that's an art to itself, you know, and he just took my, my canvas and he painted beautiful colors and he got me super excited about the project all over again. Every time it went to a new phase of the, like a new phase of post, I was just like, oh my God, like this is all coming together more than I ever could dream you know, and that's why collaboration and working with people that believe in your vision and get excited, but they also bring something so unique to it as well. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about filmmaking is watching people bring something to life in a different way, you know? So, wow, that, that, that's amazing. You're keeping giving us so much good deals. <laughs> um, one thing that I wanted to point out is I think what is really important is like, to have your own skills about filmmaking when it comes to filmmaking from, I don't know, editing, filming, color grading. But when it comes to making a huge project, it's always good to like rely on people that are specifically, uh, how would you say, specifically um, committed in something, right? I, I want to say that when you 
work with people that specialize in what they're doing, it's going to blow your mind even more. So, you know, as filmmakers, yes, we can try to do everything, but it's not going to come out the way it needs to come out because as filmmakers, we all bring such unique value to the project. I'm not a sound designer. Like I'm, I'm like, no, I'm not even going to dabble with that either. And I have an amazing (laughs) sound design team, like Patrick and Arnold killed like the entire, like, you know, Arnold did all the dialogue, just dissecting and cleaning it up and making it perfect. And then, you know, Patrick went in there and did all the Foley and sound design mixing and blending of the music and like just everything. And I feel everyone has such a specific thing to do. And if we didn't have this team surrounding us, the project just would fall like it would be flat. You know, you wouldn't get all these beautiful notes coming out in different directions um, to enhance the project. It would just be one voice throughout the whole project. And I feel like we all have to come in and just bring our voice in in different areas to enhance it. So it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. Definitely. I I do really agree with you. And I hope you guys that who's listening are also agree about what we are saying. And if not, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> so one thing No, and it's it's true. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that I'm very proud of saying about you is the fact that you created a shift film tribe all around the world, like giving the chance to any woman in the filmmaking industry to like share their experiences. So my question is, uh, can you share like with us yeah. how everything started? Yeah, so um, social media can be a very brutal place. Okay. You know, it's like it's a beautiful community. And then there's also the dark side of it where you get a lot of just negative people in the community. And it's just with anything, that's just the way it is, right? It stinks. And I was like, you know, I didn't expect to get a following two years ago when I started to kind of like mold my Instagram into, to what it is today. And I was not expecting that. And I felt, I saw so much, so many beautiful people in the community. And I felt like, you know what? I see so many other women getting trolled by so many different men and unfortunately other women. And I was like, you know what? I really want to create a safe space for all of us to come together all around the world, all walks of life, all different, you know, places in their career and just come together, be in a safe space, encourage, uplift, support one another. And then what really helped was that when people were being nasty on our comments or something, we'd all go on there and we would reply and then they would stop because it's like they couldn't handle 30 women like all calling them out, you know, for for being nasty. True, so once we started to like build our like our fortress of just solitude, if you want to like say that, it just became a beautiful place of women of just love, support and encouragement. And uh, it became our our tribe. And I'm so grateful. It's a very diverse group of women. And there is no judgment in that group. You know, we're all able to, to, to vent if we need to vent. We're all able to ask advice without feeling silly for asking. Uh, 
and it, it just became the she film tribe. And I'm, you know, I never expected to to start something that like that, but I was so inspired by our community and like, you know what there, I don't see a group, you know, I don't see a group of women that really just are all about encouragement. You know, there is people that talk about it, but it's like, what are you doing about it? You know, like, what are you doing for the community? And I'm not about, oh, just all about myself. I'm really about uplifting and supporting and helping the women around me. And yes, of course I help men as well, but as a woman, I know how challenging it is to be in this industry and to be judged for every little thing. So I'm like, you know, I felt like this was just a a thing that needed to happen. And I love the women in our group so very much. And thank you for supporting us and, you know, sharing us as well, because, you know, it it makes, it's nice. It's a nice thing to feel the support from the community. I saw, I actually saw like the kindness behind, like in the the actual intention behind. So I felt like, oh my God, I wish I could do more than just, you know, a couple of shout outs, shout outs. But, you know, I'm trying yeah. my best, so... The, I'm no, you're really, doing awesome. I, Thank you. I just wanted to say that, like, it's beautiful when someone on a social media uh, throw away all the negativity and just keep all the positivity with the people. That's, like, beautiful, beautiful. It is beautiful. Where do you see going this uh, uh, film tribe? Like, did you have in mind some directions or you just want to keep it? Yeah. So... We, uh, you know, it started, you know, we have Instagram group chat, uh, which is beautiful. Last year before the lockdown happened, um, we had our first meetup, which was in LA at my friend Elise's studio. Um, she has an amazing, beautiful studio in LA and we all like her and her husband, Riley, um, hosted us there. And there was like about 12 of us that were all able to come together and meet up and just talk and have a really great night. And then literally three days later, everything locked down. But, you know, um, we, uh, we really, how I envision this group is I want to do retreats. I would love to have like, like a creative weekend retreat, you know, once the pandemic lifts and we're able to like meet up, but have like a place where we can all meet up again, probably back at, at, um, Elise is uh, studio. Cause it was so wonderful there and just have like a workshop and have fun. And also we've helped our tribe members get like jobs and things like that. Like I know a couple of the sisters linked up and worked together on a film. You know, I've had a few people from my tribe work with me on my project as well. Um, the feature film, which is really great. Uh, so I don't see it just as like a social media thing that we're all just there. I, I find it like we're all helping each other. And when things start lifting and people can travel again from other countries, um, I would absolutely love, you know, to have them on our projects, working together, having retreats, like a creative retreat where we all can just be creative and have fun together. So it's honestly become such a, such a beautiful sisterhood, you know, family. It was beautiful. It's a, it's a family of sisters and it's great, you know? And, and the beautiful thing about it is that there is no negativity in our group and everyone is honest and uplifting and, you know, it's just been great. It's been a beautiful thing. So I, I kind of see myself when you talk because I also really care about the family I've been building in a couple of years and it's like, you know, beautiful when you can help, can help out someone without negativity and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really beautiful. 
So Emily, uh, I have one last question that is out of our schedule, but I'm gonna ask you to you. So what is the three things that you wish you know when you started out filmmaking industry? Hmm. Oh my goodness. That's a challenge. So, <laughs> it's a challenge. There's, you know, Oh, uh, you can take your time. Say, no more. I know, we can like, cut. I'm sitting here. I'm like, huh, let me think. Let me think. Um, honestly, I feel, <laughs> I know it's terrible to say it, but don't trust everybody. You know, it's kind of like, don't go into it blindly, you know, make sure you do your research on, on the people you want to bring in you know, so that you don't get taken advantage of because this industry, I know it's such a harsh thing to say, but this industry, there's, there's dark sides to it too, you know? And if I knew that going into it and not being so like, Oh, everyone's going to help me. And this is what's going to happen. And da da da. like, that's a great mentality, but also protect yourself, you know, make sure you have contracts in order you know, like that you have the contracts to protect you. You know, I think that's a huge thing. And I know I'm being really real with you guys right now, but contracts are so important guys to make sure that you have all of that, you know, like I know it's, it's giving you a lesson here, guys, if you're coming to this industry and you, you want to work with your friends, I love my friends, but you want to make sure everything is listed out so that everybody's protected. It's good to go. And there's no drama, you know? So I feel like if I could go back and tell myself, that'd be the first thing I would tell myself is contracts and doing research on the people that I want to work with before I start working with them. And the second thing I would tell myself is that don't be afraid of failure. So my second thing I would tell myself, my younger self or anybody that is in this wanting to come into this industry is don't be afraid of failure. Um, I feel like when I was coming into it, I was so afraid of failing and being told I couldn't do it, you know, that I was like, I, it was actually preventing me from moving forward because I was afraid of failing because I was told failure is like, the worst thing that could ever happen, you know? So I want to tell you all that be kind to yourself. Failure is a sign that you're trying and we have all fallen down many, I've fallen down so many times. I have so many stories of my failures and how difficult it was to even just get back up and keep going. Um, I'll tell you this one quick story. Like, yes, please. I, <laughs> I was going yeah, to say like, like, no, I will tell you a story about failure. So I optioned this really big book series. Um, I trusted this investor who said he was going to do X, Y, and Z. He signed contracts, you know, all of us, act, like all the actors, the crew, we were all excited. We get to location uh, we were there for a month prepping. Everything was prepped, ready to go. We were supposed to start filming a week in a week. Um, and this was not a little money, guys. This was like big money. And we were filming a pilot. We had all of these things waiting on us. We went to Supercon. We were on panel with The Walking Dead, the, you know, like The Hundred, Agent Carter. We had dinner with everybody there too. Like we were on panel. Like this was like a serious thing. So we were finally got off that high from like a super con event. 
meeting like everybody, like all the fans were coming out because this is a book series that people love this book series. Um, we get to location, everything's going, you know, fine. And then all the money froze in the account because the investor didn't pay taxes and everything got taken away. And I kid you not, when I was devastated, I felt like a piece of me died. I was already, I already spent four years on this project. So it was kind of like, it wasn't just me. I didn't care about me. I cared about my cast, my team, the author, the fans, like it was so much on my plate and it nearly broke me. Like I was beyond devastated to be able to talk about it now and not cry is a huge, huge thing because I literally took eight months off after that because I was just dead. I had to max out credit cards to get people home. I had to like max out credit cards to pay the debt that the project ended up getting into because of all of this happening. And that's why I tell, told you all before, do your research of the people you want to get involved with and have your contracts completely secure. Yes, I had my contracts secure with this, but it didn't matter. I should have researched more and, you know, Hey, we all make mistakes. Things happen. We live, we learn. And this was the biggest lesson of my entire life. Like it was so hard. So when I tell you not to be afraid of failure and to get back up, you can do it. Like I did it. I got back up. I took, you know what I ended up doing after all of that? I ended up writing a dramedy based on the failure of this project. And like all the people that I met along the way that this happened with, and, you know, it's actually on Amazon prime called the erectors. It's two single moms trying to make it in Hollywood as filmmakers. And, um, so I took my sorrows and my despair and I turned it into a dramedy, (laughs) you know, a very, uh, something that I could laugh at now, but at the time I did not laugh and it was hard and it was devastating. And I want to tell you that the will fail, things will happen. Just keep moving, get back up. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody has to say about you because you know who you are, you know your worth, and you know you can keep moving forward. So just keep moving forward. Don't be afraid of failure. And I know that was a long story just for my number two topic to tell you about failure. And uh, But I feel it's an important thing that I wish I knew and I would have told myself because it was so challenging. And the third piece of advice I would give myself is... I would man like manifestation, you know, and writing vision boards out, you know, um, because that was like another thing. I know it's like a weird thing to even say or like bring up or like what kind of advice is this? But filmmakers, I kid you not, manifestation is everything when it comes to putting it out what you want. Don't be afraid to tell people what you want. Don't be afraid to to write down your dreams and your goals and to put it on your refrigerator. And when people ask you, what do you do for a career? You say, I'm a filmmaker. And don't be afraid to tell people you're a filmmaker, you know, because I know a lot of people will look at you and be like, oh, that's not a real job. Like, oh yeah, like, oh, get in line. Look at all the people that do it. You know, like I used to be so ashamed to tell people I was a filmmaker because people didn't take it as like a serious career. You know, like it's not something that's guaranteed. But guess what, guys? I'd rather be 
be like jumping out there every day, risking like people like talking bad about me, then sit there and do something for somebody else that I don't want to do. You know, I, I'm going to take those risks every single day, even if I have to live in my car, you know, whatever it is, you know, as long as my child is fed, I'm happy, you know, but like at the end of the day, guys, like, don't be afraid to ask for what you want, put it out there, write it down, whatever you believe, write down your, you know, you have to visualize it. And the best way to visualize it for me is to write it out so that I can see it and talk about it, be proud of it, be excited about it. So I feel like manifestation is key. Visualizing is key. Not being insecure to talk about who you are. Talk about it like it's already done. Be like, yeah, I'm the director. Well, what have you directed? I directed a bunch of stuff, you know, like, so it's like, just put it out there, you know, like be proud of it. And, um, I think those are my, my three, my three things that I would, if I could tell myself going back again, or what I tell new filmmakers that are coming in to the industry or even are already here and ask me these questions. That's, those are my top three, like, kind of so things. let I know me long, let me tell you like let me tell you straightforward what i think about you you're such an amazing person and uh, like you could literally do uh like a speaker of emotional things that you can like inspire the <laughs> others <laughs> if that makes sense so no, but thank you. anyways like you really even inspired me was just listening but i hope you also inspired all the people that is listening to us and uh, i hope to like make another podcast only with your stories in the future <laughs> yeah absolutely no. i have many stories of <laughs> of crazy things but thank you so much for having me on here and you've been such a huge supporter of not just me but the community and i see you just uplifting everybody and it's a beautiful thing and i you know it's great to see a community that loves and supports other filmmakers because another thing I want to tell you, I'm going to add a fourth thing Yes, because I just thought <laughs> of it. One more thing. Uh, there's don't compete with one another. Oh, like, that's, there's no that's competition. a good one. That's a good one. No, there's no competition. And when I say that, I honestly believe that because guess what? You can all have the same story, but you're all going to tell it a different way because that's a beautiful thing about being filmmakers is that we all interpret it, like interpretate something completely different. And when I tell you that we don't need to compete. I a hundred percent agree with that. 110% agree with that. Like no competition, just love, support and encourage one, one another. There's no need to put others down because you're not where you want to be yet. Like we're all here. We're all freaking fish swimming upstream, you know, against the current. Don't be another block in somebody's way. You know, when it comes to being negative, <laughs> like be positive, like no, no, no. You just do not need to be competitive. You know, I just love and support that will get you so much further than sitting there and cutting else, you know, cutting someone else down because you're afraid they're going to take the job from you. Guess what, guys? If someone else gets the job you're going for, that was just the direction it had to go. It wasn't that it was, it was nothing personal against you. It's just business at the end of the day. So just know that there's a time and a place for everything and there's no need to compete. Love that. Love that. I mean, everybody should like 
uh, I wouldn't say copy, but take the inspiration from someone else yes. and then just make it yours. Like tell your story, tell your vision. And this is how Absolutely. you like, this is how you grow up basically. Absolutely. It was hard. You know, younger me, I was so competitive and I'm like, oh, 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 you know, but at the end of the day, guess what? There's really no original story anymore. You know, we're all inspired by something. There's so many movies that inspired me, you know, and, and all our stories come from inspiration, you know, wherever it comes from. So no competing. The universe is plentiful. There's many opportunities. Create your own opportunities and just go for it. Wow, that was amazing. You're such an inspiring <laughs> person. Guys, make sure to follow Emily Shewolf on Instagram. And Emily, thank you so much for being a part of this journey, sharing your amazing and inspiring story. And guys, let us know in the comments what is the next topic you want to cover, you want to listen. Guys, Wish you an amazing and lovely journey. Stay safe, shoot an amazing content and see you the next one. Peace.